0: Welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. Food pantry and we fed uh, dozens of people each month. And uh, the Fred Meyer Corporation worked with us, and on a regular basis, they would bring us two and three pallets of food for our, our food pantry, and we fed people. And, uh, and each family would get enough food for three meals a day for a family of four uh, that would last a week, and if they were a larger family, they may get two of those boxes, but but uh, this family got one of our food boxes. And, and we didn't aggressively go after them to share the gospel. That wasn't why we did the food pantry. We did the food pantry because Jesus Christ tells us to care for the poor. Amen? Amen. And, and you do that with an open hand. You don't do that with a, with a hidden hook in there. You understand what I'm saying? That's, that's not what you do. And But we we would put some literature in there so that they could know more about our ministry very just just, and basically an advertisement was all that this is ministry we have available if you're interested that family showed up one Sunday morning he was a great big guy and uh, wore uh, farmers overalls and uh, they had six kids they, they came in and worshipped with us and that Sunday gave their life to Jesus Christ and then about uh, about three months later, he quartered he me on a Sunday morning. He said, Pastor, I want you to know I got a job. And I said, man, that is awesome. And then about three months after that, he came to me and he says, I got a promotion. And I said, man, that is just really, really awesome. Now, a year after that with tears running down his face he stopped me in the center i said pastor i'm sorry to tell you this this is the last sunday we'll be worshiping with you because we have done something i didn't think we would ever be able to do being on drugs and addicted to alcohol and our life being a wreck i never dreamed that we would ever be able to buy our own home And I want you to know that our life has been so transformed. And I've been so blessed on our job. And my wife is now back and she has her career again. And God's opened the door for us to be able to buy a home in Newburgh. And we're going to be moving there. We're going to miss our church family so much. God had totally transformed that family. Transformed their lives it was amazing it must have been something like that when blind Bartimaeus met Jesus can you imagine what it was like for him who had never been able to see in his life and suddenly in a moment with the touch of Jesus he was seeing for the first time in his life or how about the woman she was a widow she had Her only son had passed away and they were in the funeral procession to bury her only son. When Jesus stopped the funeral procession and raised her son from the dead and gave him back to her alive. Wow, can you imagine? Or how about, have you heard about the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery? They brought her to Jesus and threw her at Jesus' feet. Jesus looked at her and said neither do I condemn thee go and sin no more what transformation that must have been in her life transformation what does that mean well according to the classic Funk and Wagnalls encyclopedia dictionary this is what it means and I don't know if it's clear enough that you can read it but it means a different form or appearance to change the character, nature, or condition. Transformation. Now when we're talking about transformational living, that means living by a new nature with a new character that changes the very appearance of your life. Transformational living. Now... I think all of us are familiar with the Transformer movies, right? (laughs) Okay. But what does God mean when he talks about transformational living? What does that mean to God? Well, when God spoke to the prophet Jeremiah, he gave us a hint at what he means. He said to Jeremiah this. He said, can... Can the Ethiopian change his skin? Or can a leopard its spots? Then can you also do good who are accustomed to evil? Wow. Powerful question, isn't it? Yep. Of course, in the natural, well, no. An, an Ethiopian cannot become Chinese, right? And no matter how hard he tries, the leopard will never become a Lepizoner. <laughs> but A sinner. A sinner scripture makes it very clear that a sinner can become a saint see an, an alcoholic or a drug addict or someone whose life is being eaten away by resentment by bitterness by fear by anxiety someone whose life is out of control because of anger or frustration Or because of abuse in their past. God makes it really clear. That can be changed. In a moment. This is how the apostle Paul said it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Pastor Dave read it to you a few minutes ago. It says this. Therefore if anyone is in Christ old things have passed away and behold listen, listen carefully most things are become new what? oh that's right it doesn't say most things or some things all things are become new in other words listen closely Your past or your present circumstances do not have to determine your future or your identity. Go ahead, give him praise. It's all right. Amen. Your past or your present circumstances do not have to determine your future or your identity. And I want you to know, this morning, God is giving you the opportunity to experience that in your life personally. It's going to be an opportunity for you to experience that personally in your life. Because that's what Easter is all about. Man, I am so thankful that just because I grew up in an alcoholic home, I didn't have to become an alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. Was that propensity there? Oh yeah. And I am so thankful that just because I grew up in a home where there was sexual abuse, I didn't have to be an abuser. I am so thankful that I did not have to live by my past, that I could live a transformed life through the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you can too. It's God's promise to you. How, how is that even possible? Well, the prophet Isaiah told us how it was possible when he said this. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way. But the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. See, the the power of almighty God has been released into our lives through the sufferings of our Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore we can experience transformational living. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. Jesus Christ was betrayed by one of his own disciples. And then later that night, all of his disciples abandoned him. And one of them even denied that he knew him three times. When Jesus was arrested, he was taken to the home of Caiaphas, the high priest. And there the soldiers that arrested him blindfolded him and punched him in the face time and again. Mocking him and saying, prophesy, prophesy prophet. Who's hitting you? A kangaroo court was held where they they hired individuals to bring false testimony against our Lord Jesus Christ. And he was found guilty based upon false charges. And as if that wasn't enough, then they took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. And there, the Jewish leaders brought false accusation against him. When Pilate examined Jesus Christ, he found that he truly was indeed innocent. But to appease the the Jewish leaders and to appease the angry crowd, he sentenced Jesus to be flogged. They tied the Lord Jesus Christ to the flogging post. When they tied him to the flogging post with his hands tied to the post and his feet spread eagle they took the roman cat of nine tails a whip about this long that had nine leather straps to it in those each of those leather straps were nails or pieces of glass and little round metal balls so that when they whipped the round metal balls would raise welts and the nails and the pieces of glass would tear at the flesh. And time after time, as they whipped him, pretty soon large chunks of flesh were taken off of his back, his shoulders, his arms, and and his, uh, his upper legs. Until finally, as they whipped him, bone would begin to appear. They took him from the flogging post and brought him back to Pilate. Jesus suffered all of that because he knew there would be times in our own lives when for some children, parents would abandon them. When there would be times that our friends would tell lies. At work, we we would receive false accusations. He knew there would be times when marriages would fail, marriage partners would be unfaithful. He knew there would be times in our lives when as children we would suffer abuse, molestation, when there would be date rape, when there would be other forms of abuse see he knew that would happen in the human experience and Jesus Christ purchased for us our healing so that our damaged emotions could be healed our troubled minds could be healed so uh, that we could be healed from our feelings of abandonment and abuse because Jesus Christ did not want us to live a lifetime as a victim But the most severe was yet to come. They brought Jesus back to Pilate from the flogging post. His body, bloody, as the capillary system in his back, his legs, and arms had exploded. Pilate remembered that there was there was a custom and so he stood before the people and that custom was that on Passover he could release a criminal to them give clemency to a criminal and so he stood Jesus on one side and he called out a criminal named Barabbas a man who had been found guilty of sedition and murder and on one side was Jesus who he knew was innocent on the other side was this seditionist and murderer that he knew was guilty and he stood before them and said who will you have Jesus or Barabbas and the angry crowd chose the murderer and seditionist and condemned the Lord Jesus Christ to death death by hanging on the cross they took Jesus from the forum before Pilate and they put a wooden cross upon him and they walked the Via Dolorosa out the main road of Jerusalem out the Damascus gate north to a rocky crag called Golgotha the place of the skull also called Calvary as they reached the summit of Golgotha they took that wooden cross and laid it on the ground and then placed Jesus on it and took his one hand and stretched it out tight and right at where the two bones meet the hand they nailed a nail through the wrist then they stretched the other arm out as far as it would stretch and nailed that one to the beam and then they pulled his legs out and pointing the toes downward put one foot on top of another and took a longer nail and drove it between the bones where the bone, ankle bones meet the foot and drove the nail in and then raised him hanging in that Judean sky. And as the cross clumped into place, The weight of his body pulled him down. And as the body was pulled down onto those nails, the diaphragm was closed shut to where he couldn't get his breath. As long as he could stand that, then he would push himself up on those nails catch his breath. And when he couldn't stand, the pain slumped back down. The diaphragm was shut off again. As long as he could stand it, he would push himself up and catch his breath. And then when the pain would shoot through his body, he would slump back down. Hour after hour, that excruciating pain... With pain beyond our imagination shooting through his body, and all the while, his body craving for oxygen. Until finally, with the loss of blood and the lack of oxygen in his system, he died on the cross. Why would heavenly father allow the lord jesus christ the son of glory 100% god and 100% man why would god allow that to happen the prophet told us not only was he wounded for our transgression and bruised for our iniquity and the chastisement of our peace placed upon him and by his stripes are we healed. But he also said, listen closely, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way. See, that's Scripture says clearly, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not even one. Then as if that wasn't enough, it says the wages of sin is death. Now we all know what wages are. We we work for that every day, right? We know what wages are. But what is sin? What is sin? What is sin? Well, sin literally means to miss the mark or to fall short. Sin is when we knowingly do those things that are wrong. Or unknowingly do those things that are wrong. See if I were to ask you, have you ever told a lie? Ever stolen a piece of candy? or snuck in your mom's purse and took out enough money to go buy a candy bar ever been unkind to someone ever been selfish have you ever been mean ever lost your temper do I dare ask have you ever been immoral have you ever taken God's name and used it as a curse word? See, all those, all those are sins. And if we're honest with our own heart, every one of us in this room, no, we've done one or more of those things. Maybe all of them. Me, I got both hands raised. All the above. Okay? We're all sinners. And because we're all sinners, the wages of our sin is death. Not death physical death only. Yes, we will all die physically. But the worst kind of death, eternal death, eternal separation from God and hell. The wages of sin is death. But listen to what he said. He said, not only have we all gone our own way, but the Lord has laid upon him Jesus Christ. The iniquity of us all. While Jesus was being flogged at the flogging post. While he was being beaten by those Roman soldiers. When Jesus was suffering all of that, he was taking our suffering upon himself. The scripture says that he surely has borne our sickness and carried our pain. But then when he was hanging on the cross, almighty God took your sin and my sin and put them on Jesus Christ. He was dying in our place so we would not have to die. The only way it makes sense It's when we connect the dots with what God himself has said. He died in our place. And then when they took him off the cross, they hastily wrapped him in burial clothes because it was getting near sundown. And a very wealthy man in the city, a Pharisee named Joseph who was raised in a small community, Arimathea? He owned a garden area on the back side of Golgotha. Beautiful garden area. And there he had prepared his own family tomb. And as they were preparing the body of Jesus, he said, You can use my family tomb. And so after they wrapped him in grave clothes, they hastily carried him to that tomb and buried him. And why is that important to you and I? Because the scripture tells us that everything we have ever done wrong, our life of sin was buried with Jesus Christ to live no more. God said this, this is the covenant I'll make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I'll put my law on their hearts, on their minds will I write them, and their sin and iniquity I will remember no more. Can you imagine that? God is offering to you and to me the opportunity to have everything we've ever done wrong forgiven and not just forgiven, but removed from our lives so that it's just as if we never did it. No wonder we can live a transformed life. But it doesn't end there, does it? Because Jesus Christ didn't stay in that tomb. See, every, every other great leader, their life ended with the grave the pharaohs, their life ended with the grave Nebuchadnezzar world leaders of history they, all their lives ended with the grave even, even the great men of history Churchill, Eisenhower, George Washington Abraham Lincoln their lives all ended at the grave even the religious leaders Gandhi, Muhammad. their lives all ended at the grave there is only one in history Whose life did not end at the grave. Yes he was buried for three days. But on Sunday morning he walked out of that grave. He walked out of that grave. So that he could say to you and I. Because I live ye live also. Therefore, being buried with him by baptism into the death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. You do not have to live by the old life. You can live a transformed life by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Your past or your present circumstances do not have to determine your future. Or your identity. And Jesus Christ is here right now. Yes, he lives. He lives today. And he is in this room right now. Present here with you. To help you live a transformed life. 24-7-365. That's his desire for you. We are so blessed that you join us online today.